Hi friends, welcome to another episode. This episode is about a conversation that I had with a guy named Sam Rates. I came across him recently. He is a photographer and he has very photojournalistic work in a beautiful and unique style that looks like it belongs in a magazine. He worked on a project recently with a group of guys who call themselves hotshots and they're firefighters and he took photos of them in the woods of Utah, not too far from where I live. And he did this project in collaboration with a company called Filson, and he, you can find the photos he took for the article on their website, and I will link to that, as well as to his website, where you can also find the project. He is a very kind fellow. I enjoyed learning about what he's been up to, and it was good to meet him. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Sam. How's it going? Mr. Red, how are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you being willing to uh, give me some of your time to talk about your projects and what you're up to. I'm highly interested in all of your work because I think you're a very talented photographer, a very interesting photographer. I like I like your um, I like your direction into what I would consider documentary or photojournalistic photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think most photographers. I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like most photographers, the uh, the vast amount of in terms of percentage. Are not going that direction at this point. I, I think that's for assessment, yeah, for sure. I, I feel like a lot of them are really enjoy doing the travel lifestyle, mm. landscape, maybe street, but um, I love to find a good photojournalist, and I and I think that you know people were worried about photojournalism when cell phones came around and got really, right. really uh, prominent, and they they you know have two cameras on the back, one of them's. A tight camera one it's like you have right. two cameras right. in your pocket essentially right 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 uh, but but there's nothing like somebody who has honed the craft of being able to compose a photo and and has put in the time to seek out stories and get to know the people in those stories um that they're trying to tell focus on that and dedicate their time to that so specifically uh there, there was a project that i came across by you i forget how i found it but i'm I'm so interested in it because it's, well, for one, it's near me in Utah. You took these photos in Draper, Utah, of some firefighters who I think were preparing a forest to avoid wildfires. Am I right? That's correct. That's okay. correct. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Okay. And so I know that this is a pretty intense job for, for the firefighter folk. In terms of the work ethic of these guys, tell me about that because I feel like they're pretty hardworking characters. Yeah, yeah. They, they're sleeping outside on the ground. These guys are, they're burning 8,000 calories a day and they're, they got 50 pound rucksacks on. They're thousands of feet of elevation in a day. This was my first project where I did some traveling for, and it was kind of like, I was, I was, I was kind of like a kid on Christmas. It was like, I can't wait to do this. Like, I'm going to go a thousand miles an hour. What, what's rock and roll. And then I got there and I just have this little camera bag and I'm kind of going up and down the mountains with these guys. And, and I was kind of like, I, I, were you winded? I, yeah, they kicked <laughs> my butt. They kicked my butt. The mountains of Utah are no joke. They, yeah, I, I, I'd never been to, so this was my, actually my first trip to Utah and I learned that out the hard way. So, and it was in, this was actually, so the, the shoot was two days before they left for fire season. So the, the photos, and I probably should have prefaced this, but the photos, were like the last couple days of training. So I, was, I spent three days with them and I camped with them, hiked with them, ate with them, slept with them, all that kind of stuff. And they actually got called to their first fire this season 
two days later and they they went from the draper area down to texas to fight a wildfire mm. it's, yeah. it's been uh it's been crazy around here in terms of wildfires yeah. and yeah. All, all across the west and we actually lost a fi- firefighter in uh california it, he went out yeah. he went out there to help out and they just had his funeral and it was it was very i mean the whole town came around to support him and 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 correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that was pretty early in the fire season too because i think that happened right after my story got released so okay. it was kind of, it was kind of a an eerie thing for me because i didn't know him he wasn't part of the the crew that i covered but it was still kind of like like getting to be around these guys and knowing how genuine and hardworking and like how much they cared about what they did and how much they cared about each other. It, like it was kind of a gut punch to me a little bit just to read about that, even though I had no association with them whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the, it wasn't the Redding fire, but it was right around when that, that, that fire yeah. started up in Redding. And yeah. there were yeah. a couple of different ones that popped up that were just huge and, you know, fire mm-hmm. tornadoes, this sort of thing. But yeah, but yeah, no, I went, I was, I'm so glad I went to the, funeral because you really learn a lot from just seeing how people value the life of those who who are putting themselves in danger and it's a cliche thing but when it's real it's real you know yeah that's neat that you went to the funeral yeah yeah i I actually took a lot of photos i still need to share um so what was let me ask this was it important for you to have this sort of intimate uh living experience with them for a little bit yeah. So, and that was something I didn't know if I was going to get to experience fully because with being at a state organization, there was kind of a lot of red tape to, to cut through to get to it. And uh, having a photographer tag along is not only a health risk to me potentially, like if something goes bad or if I break my leg or like have a heat, like heat exhaustion or something like that, but then it kind of puts an added risk on those guys too, because they're kind of I mean, they're when I'm on that mountain, they were kind of baby, like they're not babysitting me, but they're kind of babysitting. So, um, so I actually step on that chainsaw. Right, 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 right. Being a Nebraska boy and a city boy at that, I, 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 it was my first time around a chainsaw, but, um, Mm. so there was a lot of red tape and I didn't know if I was going to get to sleep with them. And, and to me, that was a, that was a super, I don't know why, because I didn't take very, like, if you go through the gallery, you go to the article, there's no real nighttime photos. But that just seemed like a super critical component of the project for me because, because like what you touched on earlier, I like to really get to know people and kind of find out their story before I just like pull out this camera and, hey, you don't know me and I'm not from here, but can you do this pose or can you, can you, hey, stop for a second and look at me and that kind of stuff. Like the people I, I enjoy shooting photos of aren't necessarily the group of people that like getting their picture taken. So to be able to form relationships or to be out there and grinding with those guys or kind of sweating with them rather than I'm going to the Hilton Inn and back in Salt Lake city. Do you guys right. want me to bring, you guys want me to bring any breakfast in the morning? Right. Like, like it, it just, it, it seems, it seems super inauthentic and that that's a very, that's like, against kind of everything I try to do. Yeah. I do, to I do like those blueberry muffins that you can get at yeah. like a Motel 6, though, <laughs> you know? But yeah, I it, it was a super important piece to me. And actually, the guy who was kind of the boss of the boss of that group, I kind of had to, like, he, he tagged around with me for the first day, and he had to go back in town for something work-related. And he was like, all right, like, are you ready to go? And 
I was kind of like, well, I was on my best behavior all day, and I was, I was, I was like, I wanted, I wanted to give him no reason to not let me stay there. And I told him like, I'd kind of like to stay here with the guys. I, I brought my sleeping bag to to get a to for me to really capture these guys. Like, I think I should be be here with them the entire time that I'm in Salt Lake or Draper. So, so that yeah, that was a that was a really important piece of it to me, and. I'm glad that I did because I didn't take any nighttime photos, but and if you go through the gallery, you can see the, the photos of the guys hiking up the hill. So that, that took place after, like right at daybreak. And those were some of the best photos I got out of the entire gallery. So mm-hmm. I'm really, yeah, I'm really glad I did it. When you were, uh, when you were taking the photos, you also, along with the sort of natural, what do people call it? The natural candid photos, Mm-hmm. You were taking uh, portraits, and you were taking these yeah. these portraits that felt very well thought out. And you yeah. know, you'd have shots of people, I guess, in a locker room, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That. And also, you had a you know, you had a really nice shot of all the guys together. One of the guys is licking his chainsaw. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so not sorry to interrupt you. The only the only two shots that weren't completely candid were after their first meeting, the day that I was there. So those photo, those some of those portraits. Well, actually, just one of the portraits of the guys at the the base before they left. One of those was I told him to stop, and I took his photo. And then the last, so that was basically the first photo I took. Was it was not candid, and then the last group picture that was not candid. But otherwise, everything was was I was just kind of hauling ass to get in position, or I was kind of I was just it, it was almost kind of it was almost kind of like I was dancing with the guys like they would move one way and I would either go up the mountain or down the mountain or where the sun's at I'm trying to get in position to where I think the next solid shot's going to be. So and that's another thing too. I get a lot of questions about that with this project like like how did you get these guys to like stop in the middle of the work or that kind of stuff and it was all completely authentic and this is this is a project that I was I was really proud of and I felt I felt I was kind of nervous because it was super sunny, like on the flight back. But when I sat down and looked at the photos, it was like, "Whoa, these are really, these are really cool." Yeah, the the, the couple of the ones with them in front of, I guess, the lockers and doors, when yeah. they were at the facility, yeah. Uh, yeah. they they feel they feel very planned out and put together. And yeah. so it's Thank interesting you. that they they were actually created so quickly and on the fly. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What was one of the more challenging photos for you to create? Um. Hmm. Can I say all of them for a project? <laughs> uh, no, uh, the, uh, I think, so kind of what I was touching on, how, how it's important to me to get to know someone, especially if it's someone that's not where I'm from or we don't have the same background, that kind of thing. It's important for me to get to know them. Like those first couple portraits I was taken and kind of like that, it's sort of like the, the proverbial first date of the shoot kind of, it's like, we're kind of feeling each other out. Like, I have a ton of risk. I would say everyone I take photos of, I'm super appreciative that they let me into their circle kind of thing. And I have a ton of respect for these people. So like that first moment where both sides kind of allow themselves to be a little vulnerable, like those first couple portraits, as, as crazy as it sounds, because all the other ones were hard work. Those were those were kind of not tough, but they were they were kind of the icebreaker. And then I touched on the, these photos earlier, but the ones where um and you can go to my Instagram and look, but the very first one I posted from the project where they were walking up that kind of in formation, you know, mm-hmm. and I had, I was focused on the the leader whose name's Wade Snyder. He was kind of my, my main contact. Um, I was basically like 
backward sprinting up because these guys are hiking, but they're they're basically like Olympic power walkers, and they're just like <laughs> they're just like going up this hill at like not breaking a sweat early in the morning, and it was like five forty five or five thirty, and it's it's really it was really dark, so my I'm keeping my shutter speed as low as I possibly can while keeping it while still keeping it sharp and tight, and I didn't know it at the time that those photos turned out as well as they did. But like, like when I went back and went through them, I, that's one of those photos that when I'm 50, 60, 70, I always think about that one just cause I don't know why it's called, it's kind of, and I'm, I'm not one to toot my own horn, but it's almost like, it's almost kind of like hauntingly beautiful. And I feel like it tells a lot of stories. So like the hardest photo was ended up being kind of my favorite. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's uh, a lot of times when you, I feel like when you are very proud of something, the trail that led up to that, the, the yeah. sort of meteor trail, yeah. was, a, was a lot of hard work. It's like yeah. more work than you would normally put in for right. a photo. And then you right. realize, oh, to get these types of photos, I need to be able to challenge myself and push myself right. a little bit. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of like, because that was the last day I was there and I was only on that last day. I was only there for, I was only shooting for maybe an hour and a half. So that was kind of like those 10 minutes in that last hike were kind of the climax of the entire trip. And I don't know, it was like, I knew the guys. So it was kind of one of the, one of those things where once I, once I know someone and the people I'm taking photos, taking photos of in the past, if they watch this, they'll probably laugh. But once I kind of build that trust, I'm not afraid to kind of get in their way or like, even if they yell at me, I know it's like, okay, I, that's okay to be yelled at because they know who I am. I, they know why I'm there. I've, I've earned their trust at this point. It's, it's okay to like, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think that the, uh, the, and also the camera for me has the ability to give me a little bit more grit, a little bit more bravery. And, uh, and I'm willing to, I'm willing to push myself harder than I would before. Cause I think a lot of the reason why we, why we tend to not push ourselves as hard as we could and I think this is so interesting talking about this within the context of photography because photography mm-hmm. feels like a leisurely thing, right? Yeah. But the reason why we don't push ourselves as hard as we could a lot of times is it actually has a lot to do with our emotional state. And maybe we're right. maybe we're uh, we're not doing something that we're fully engaged with. Yeah. But when you're doing something, if you love to take photojournalistic photos and yeah. you're doing that, yeah. you you'll push yourself, and at the end of the day, you'll go holy crap that was a little little i did a lot there you know yeah, and then right, you'll feel sure. really good about it right yeah um, um go ahead oh i was i was just gonna say i every time someone calls me a photojournalist i still get kind of giddy so i appreciate that very much yeah. well i i say it because i'd like to be called that too so <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no it's good it's good when people and this is i guess one of the perks of being self-employed but um when people ask me what kind of photography i'm into i always i always respond with i'm a commercial photographer with photojournalist or no fo- i'm a photojournalist with commercial application mm. i think that's a good way to kind of describe i thought you were going to say i have photojournalistic tendencies like no, no like no. some sort of mental <laughs> disorder <laughs> that's awesome. maybe that too so yeah. i i'm curious how did you well first off how did you get into photography in the first place yeah, yeah for sure um i never really considered myself artistic in any, in any sense of the word. And, um, 
me and my brother, we, we'd go out west to kind of the western panhandle of Nebraska, and we'd duck hunt out there. And we'd have – we'd go to the family farm, and the duck hunting is unbelievable. And I ended up getting a dog, a chocolate lab, who's six years old now, Izzy. And, um, like, I'd be out there duck hunting on, like, these these super – it's, like, huge fields but really tight sloughs. So it's, like – you're hunting just a very small strip of land in kind of the middle of nowhere. So it's very intimate. And like I'm in this place that's romantic or important to me with the most important people in the world to me at that time. And this dog who I just is my world. And it was like, Holy cow, I'm going to want to remember this in 20 years, 30 years, however many years, like I should start taking a camera out here just to, just to kind of one of those things where it's like a, like a journal, so to speak. And I took a handful of photos the first time. And this was probably when I was 17, 18. And I, I was going through the photos with my brother and my friend. They kind of liked them and they thought they were good. Enough. And it was kind of one of those things I just kept doing it, not because I liked photography, but because it was cool to like go back and say, hey, do you remember this time or this time? And then after a season of the, the hunting season ended and I was like, well, wait a minute. I kind of, I kind of like taking photo. Like I kind of like having this camera in my hand and I got to like, I want to keep using it for stuff. So I ended up, it, that's, that was kind of where it started. And then it just kind of progressed from there. The whole professional photography thing didn't actually start for me until I, I left my job in banking on May 30th of this year. So that would be roughly four and a half months ago. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. I think. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's as much terrifying as it is exciting. So I, I uh, totally understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and my wife um, do freelance work. I know how that goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know. I mean, that's kind of, I guess. I mean, that's like if you had to imagine how a Nebraska guy gets into photography that isn't like uh, I, I I was never I never was a painter or an artist or a singer or anything like that, and it's just kind of. It just kind of worked its way into my life until I started to obsess about it kind of a little bit. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. You you start, so a lot of people start from the same point when they get into photography and into mm. any form of art, I think. Yeah. Where, and they, they se- seem to correlate. But what when you have unique creators, they sort of come from a unique place. And I think it's interesting right. that you're this guy from Nebraska who likes <laughs> duck hunting who yeah. was not interested in the the art of photography at yeah. first and the gear and and that was not the that was not the igniting factor for you right. the igniting factor was that you saw stories around you and you were like I want to keep right. these and right. so it it show uh, I think it carries through to your work today right which is, I think yeah which is uh totally focused on stories. You have this outdoorsy component to it, which is, which is so incredibly unique and interesting. And you, I think you use your camera as a storytelling tool first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to think so for sure. Well, so why do you think that you didn't go down a more traditional route for photography or not historically traditional? Cause historically traditional is kind of photojournalism, but, um, a more modern traditional route. I think, I think maybe I was kind of, I was kind of, I was super into sports growing. Like that was my life growing up was sports and into, into high school. And even when I picked up a camera, 
like I almost kind of fought it at first because my <laughs> my aunt or my mom, just like I'm sure every photographer in the world would say like, oh, that these photos are amazing. You're an artist or something like that. And I was so even up until like six, six ish months ago, I was so apprehensive about using the P word and calling myself a photographer. And I don't know why that was, but I think I think that was because like I would look at these guys who are my inspirations now and I would I like like look at these photos and in this magazine or all, all this kind of stuff and be like, well, those guys are photographers. I, I'm, I take pictures. That's what I would say. Mm. And I just, I just think that's such an interesting. So you had the thing. imposter syndrome a little bit no. there. Maybe. Yeah. I just, I think I was timid, which is, which is funny because I'm, I'm not timid now about my photography. Like I'm, I'm persistent and I'm hungry and I, and I'm like one of my, my new year's resolutions is just to like really, appreciate my own product. And I think, I think like you've touched on in the past, like that's something and it's super easy and that I've been, a, I've been a victim of it too, but not, not to value yourself and not to say, Hey, this is good. I don't need to compare this to other stuff. Like it can stand on its own and it can be good. And I think, I think that was something I really struggled with. So even when, even if I took a photo as a six month in photographer who is 17 or 18 years old, that was a good photo. I kind of downplayed it because, well, that's not the best. And that's not, that's not what a photographer, that's not how a photographer would take that photo or something like that, if that makes sense. Mm. It's so interesting to me that you look at it that way. Cause I actually wonder if that contributes to you being so much better because you have such a high standard that you feel like you need to yeah. meet for your work. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think I completely agree with that. And I think the other piece of it is I'm an extremely competitive person. So seeing other people's work or my work versus my work at the time when I was just beginning, I think that was a reason that I kind of didn't want to label myself as a photographer, didn't want to get super committed or all in or that kind of thing. And like I said before, that just seems so silly. Like it's like, I don't know, that just seems like the worst reason not to dive all into something is to be timid by it or afraid of something. I just uploaded a video today and one of the things I said in the video is that a lot of times an obstacle is actually a gift. And I think that these obstacles yeah. that you have for yourself yeah. are yeah. gifts for you. Yeah. Uh, as much as they can be very frustrating and right. make you make you stay up in the wee hours of the night right. and whatever, right. uh, the, the weaknesses are the things that actually help you grow to be something special. I completely agree. And yeah. I, am I, one of my least favorite collection of photos from this year is probably my most memorable because I've taken so many things away from it. And like, I hold, I hold myself accountable and I don't make excuses, but at the same time, forgive yourself and move on and just kind of keep going with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Like what's your goal on a daily basis when you're taking photos? What do you hope to achieve with your work? I mean, I guess it's kind of the reoccurring theme of the conversation, which I mean, it's, my, so my goal would be to make someone like I show someone a photo and they feel like a, wow, that's a beautiful photo. And B, I feel like I could tell my entire story by this photo you just took of me. Like that would be, that would be one of the highest compliments. Mm. Like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm riding around with a rancher or the hotshot stuff, or, or if I'm hunting with people in Western Nebraska or anything else, if they, if they feel like it tells who they are as a person or like their culture or their community, then I think that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. That is really a very interesting answer. 
<laughs> I, I would not have expected that. That's I think that's fantastic. I um, yeah. I think that like I was expecting you to sort of go outward and say I hope people see my photos and that they're inspired to change their lives and what have you. Yeah. But you actually yeah. turned it in towards the person that you're photographing. Yeah, because yeah, I think at the end of the day, I'm like if, if people like my photo and that's like holy cow, that's expiring. It's not Sam Ray's expiring and inspiring them. It's it's the rancher, or the the person on the other side of the lens, who and their lifestyle or what they stand for, or who, where they come from. That's what's actually inspiring the people. It's not really me. I'm just kind of the guy clicking the button, and that's why. That yeah, that's that's what kind of I like about it. So when people are looking at your photography, whether now or in the future, what is something that is very important to you for them to yeah. experience? Yeah. So. I think it's incredibly important to have an identity. And when I found my identity and like how it is I wanted my photos to look, I my my goal is for each time I take a photo or like a like if you have a gallery, a full gallery, I, I, I would want to be able to take a time machine and go back thirty or forty years and talk to my grandparents and say, These are the photos I took and they say, Wow, they're beautiful and they're definitely telling a story. And I would want that same exact thing to be said by people today, and I would want my grandchildren and their friends to say the same exact thing 40 or 50 years from now. So I think my my identity, I want my, my photos identity as a whole, my portfolio to be timeless, and I think I think that is, I mean, I don't think, that that, that is probably one of, is one of the most important aspects of kind of my artistic side. Mm. I think some of the greats of photography, I would love for them to be able to see, come, come come back to earth and <laughs> hang out with us a little bit and see how right. it's affected, you know, talk to us about how their photo, photography has affected photography culture. For sure, for sure, for and, sure. And how, how it's uh, affected how people look at, how it's affected people in general. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, but what's also sad is that you have so many of the greats that I think people have forgotten about. Right. Yeah. Worse than, wow, that was illy composed or the lighting's off or did he edit this thing and on the Instagram app or like some, I think worse than any of those insults would be like, Oh, that's kind of gimmicky or like forgettable, being, forgettable, Unremarkable. exactly, exactly. Uh, trendy, that kind of stuff, like cool today. And then like tomorrow it's like, well, that, that that doesn't excite me anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I want my photos to, if someone looks at them on a like annual basis, to for that for them still to feel the same emotion a year ago or or now as they did a year ago and the year before that and the year before that. And I think, I think, I mean, really, that's what anyone's goal when they make something should be kind of it should be kind of like timeless or kind kind of an heirloom photo kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think of like a good Polaroid from your family history, right? right? You can right. always look yeah. back at that and have such right. a special experience. Right. Yeah. And that take, and, the, and it kind of comes full circle with what I was saying earlier. Like those photos I took out in North Platte, Nebraska with my brother and my dog as a puppy and we were freezing our butts off and we were on my grandparents' land. I look at those photos and it's just like, wow, those are, those, those photos are going to be, they're only going to get more special to me, if anything, like they become more valuable to me. And I hope that when I take photos of those hotshot firefighters or 
anyone else that I'm fortunate enough to take photos of, I hope that they have the same feeling as I do about those first photos I took, just that they're a little bit better now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And right. I think that that speaks to the importance of the that it's a good idea to treat your work as an artist with a, a level of seriousness because it's so easy as a photographer to take a bunch of pretty photos and then die. Right. <laughs> and, right. And the, I, that's why I think it's so important to think about the meaning of your work oh, on, for a, sure. on, on for a sure. consistent basis, redefine I, that daily. I completely agree. It's like if I'm, if I'm at a rodeo or something and I, I'm shooting um, like cowboys on bucking broncos or bulls or anything like that and then they want to buy photos later it's like I'll drive home and on my drive home it's kind of like whoa those those guys' grandchildren are probably going to see those photos and that's I think that is where I sort of get my excitement or my fulfillment out of this is like these photos aren't just photos to the people who end up getting them at the end of the day, their memories and their experiences and their, their family possessions that are going to be passed down and passed down. I think that's pretty cool. The most fascinating thing about you to me is you have a thoughtfulness towards learning about people and sharing stories of people, it seems. And the reason yeah. why I say it seems that way is because when mm -hmm. I look at your work, I see that come through your work. Yeah. And that's fascinating to me, and I'm trying to get to that in you. And I'm I'm curious, what what is that for you? Like, how do you experience that internally? Like, why why do I do what I do? Kind of what you're asking, or what what why do you why do you think you're so interested in that versus maybe another person? Why 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 are you interested in this story of humans? Um. Are you saying sorry? Are you saying humans in general, like the people that I've I've selected as the people I'm taking photos of? I would say humans in general. You seem to have a okay. an interest in people yeah. and engaging yeah. with them. I I like telling stories that people don't know they're interested in. Like my goal is from someone in Omaha, Nebraska, which is there's a million people here. It's considered the big city of Nebraska. Mm -hmm. I want people who live in Omaha to look at a photo gallery of people in the, the panhandle of Nebraska and there's no one out there and they see this gallery and it's like, well, this is weird. This is different to me than what I know. And I'm not really interested in this, but for some reason I can't stop like looking at these photos or wanting to know more about these people in a different place. So I think, I think showing people different lifestyles within the country is a super fascinating thing to me just because I think, and maybe that comes from me being curious myself, like ranching or, or hot shots or that kind of stuff. I don't know anything about that stuff really. And because of that, I want to go take photos of that. And I, I think because of my curiosity myself, I think kind of, I think my curiosity is kind of what shapes my direction and my photography a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And do you feel like you are just as much sort of a, a psychologist as you are a photographer when you're working <laughs> with people? Um, you know what's funny is, I don't know if this answers that question, but like I've taken pe photos of people in Mississippi and California and middle of nowhere Wyoming and Montana and these really cool places. And I'm so like, oh, I want to see what these people are like and what's life out like out there and what's this community like and I want to try their food and at the end of the day it's kind of interesting because it's like 
well, they were really cool and I'd like to go get a beer with that person. And they're not really that different from me. And I think that, that, I mean, I guess that doesn't really answer the question, but I think that's, that's what is so fascinating to me. And I, and I think that's kind of a sort of psycho psychologist a little bit. I don't know, but, but yeah, people from all over the different parts of the country, doesn't matter their age or gender or race or anything that, that kind of stuff, their interests are always kind of overlap a little bit and, they they're just as funny or they're they're just as crabby or they're just like they're they're all people and it's 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 cool to see kind of the irony in that to me a little bit i don't know yeah yeah no that uh, that actually speaks to the previous question for me like uh, regarding your curiosity for people yeah yeah that's so fascinating are there things that you try to do when you're photographing somebody to help them feel whatever way you want them to feel. Cause I don't want to actually, I, I don't want to assume that you want them to feel comfortable. Maybe you don't, How yeah. do you, you know, do you want them to feel like they're in their, their natural environment or do you want when I'm, them when I'm, when I'm, when I'm taking photos? Yeah. I think, and this is something I'm actually trying to get away from a little bit because I think there's a place to not be like this, but most of the time I like, I kind of like being a fly on the wall. Like I liked mm-hmm. sitting down and coming to the person's house or a place of work or that kind of thing and introducing myself and getting to know them a tiny bit. And then after that, I want to get out of their hair, just let them do their thing. And I want to take photos. And I think as my career progresses more and more, the idea of like doing like maybe studio shoots or more campaign work or that kind of stuff, then obviously you have, I mean, it's a different role you play, but up to this point, I've always like, I really enjoy watching people work on their craft or, or do their hobby or like just kind of live their life and just kind of document that, I guess. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I like, I like making friends with them and then them kind of forgetting about me for a little bit and just carrying on about their day, how they normally would. Mm. Oh, that's Sam. He's in the corner. He has the camera. He's cool. There's a, uh, there's a, uh, there's a group of ranchers in Wyoming who I've done work for a couple times and they have a ranch hand and I guess he went up to one of them and he was like, who's that guy that always has his black backpack on and it's my camera bag. And so he, I'm just like following this guy around and he's like, who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, it's Sam. It's fine. I had yeah. a beer with him last I, night. I don't worry about him. If he gets in your way, just yell at him or just something. He... <laughs> <laughs> I just punch him in the face whenever right. he gets in my yeah. way. It's not, yeah. not a big deal. He's, he's a resilient guy, you know? That's awesome. There was one more thing I was going to ask you. I was, oh, yes. How important do you think your energy is when you're around somebody? Uh, I mean, that, I feel like that is that is really it. I think yeah. forming, I mean, and this could be applied to any form of business, but but the, like making relationships, I think especially for what I do, is like the bedrock of my entire career. Like, like shaking hands and doing the little things and, like showing people that I'm not there to take photos to like kind of show them off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, rather than telling their story, I think there's a really big difference to that and showing people that I'm there to hear about them and to learn from them. I think like getting that point across is huge because, because a lot of the people that I'm around, they're kind of no BS people. And I, I think it's critical sending them thank yous or sending them like a small frame print or that kind of stuff or, or like, like just like text them, Hey, hope you're well. Or, or even before the fact of meeting them like that stuff, 
because because if I'm not doing that stuff and I say I'm I'm here to tell their story, then am I am I telling their story for them and like their benefit or am I doing it for my own acclaim or whatever? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know who uh, Brandon Stanton is? Humans of New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I listened to an interview with him once, and he said that he he was speaking to how important your energy is versus what you say. He's like, what you say really doesn't matter that much. It's your yeah. it's the energy that you're coming across with. And he yeah. said when he approaches strangers, he wants to almost come come at them sort of small and like unthreatening. Yeah. And he wants to he wants to make them feel trust with him immediately yeah yeah i i think that yeah trust trust is a huge thing because i mean whether it's the hot shots or these these other people that i'm i mean I'm, i either hear about them through word of mouth or i'm cold calling people from through instagram or linkedin or like hear about them on youtube and reach out to them what gives me the right to tell their story versus like someone else and i think I think showing them, hey, I'm someone you can trust. I'm someone that is going to be an advocate for you. I, I want to kind of be the vehicle for your voice, and I want to, I want my 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 photos to be advocates for you, or to kind of share your story. Mm. Not not so much. I wouldn't say advocates because I think there's going to be a time where I do work that isn't necessarily advocating for someone, but I think telling someone's truth. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, and I think the only way someone can feel like you're going to be tell their story truthfully and honestly and transparently is if they trust you. Yeah. And I, the humans in New York thing is really cool. Mm -hmm. And the whole, the whole street photography thing is I think one of the coolest things in photography. I, I call it the, the lowest barrier to entry to documentary photography. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because the people are there. Yeah, the, it's the right. easiest way to get to a lot of interesting people at right, once, right? Right, right, right. You well, just have I to mean, choose how you engage with them. Oh, sorry, I think you cut out. Sorry, there. you're cutting out there. I think we cut out all together. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, what were, so start your sentence over because I lost you. <laughs> um, that is probably like the most fascinating form of photography to me is street photography, like. And I know New York City street photography is like the most romanticized and most common, but it's just like it it just like pulls you in. And it's, it's like it's it, it does to me what I hope my photos kind of do to other people. Like the photos tell stories and it's something I didn't like this person. I didn't know I'm interested in, but I can't not like see more photos of him or or her or not look away and, and show me more. I, I like I got to see it like it's addicting kind of. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah. the the extra layer that Brandon put into his photos that I think is so wonderful is how intentionally he is about pulling uh, a story out of somebody, something mm-hmm. that's deep down within them, talking about their mom's cancer yeah. or yeah. something horrible they've gone through, yeah. something that maybe they've never spoken about, and he sort of tries he tries to be a stranger that c- came out of nowhere, right. and lets them share that let lets them sort of talk about how that's affected them and then he shares it with you know hundreds of thousands of people i think that's so fascinating that's crazy and it's and it's it's powerful too because yeah it's it's interesting how it's this paradox that it's so simple but at the same time it's like incredibly complex at the same time it's interesting yeah 
and it true and it truly brings people together because when you read that story and you realize this guy who so let's say it's a guy in a suit right and he's right. saying that i just got a divorce my my life is horrible right now yeah. I, i'm drunk every night right and the person in the suit on the other end <laughs> who's trying to keep it all together reads that and goes there's somebody else out there like me right yeah that's a special yeah. thing right or even what's more special is someone who lacks empathy towards maybe a certain group of people and then they read a story and it's like well wait a minute that's me too like the next time maybe they walk by that person like it's they they either treat them or look at them a little differently than they did before absolutely i think that is yeah. one of the primary roles of the photojournalist throughout all for sure. time for sure for sure is to right. generate empathy yeah. right. for the right. person you know for and i think of photos from uh you know my favorite photographer is steve mccurry Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's who I, I tell people he's who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> uh, his photo, you know, photos whether he's in you know, Afghanistan or India, um, right. they they create empathy for a part of the world that we don't experience that for much. Sure. And you for see sure. these yeah. these nice intimate portraits and right. uh, and it helps you it helps you connect. But we need right. empathy right now in the world. For sure. I don't know if you for know sure. that, but. <laughs> But uh, that's it's an incredibly important thing to to preserve, I think, photojournalism. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. I think unless you have anything else uh, to say that will will blow the minds of the masses, I think this is a good place to wrap up. You think so? Yeah. I uh, I appreciate you taking the time out of your night to meet with me. Oh, and likewise. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been it's good, been man. Fun. I love doing yeah. it anytime. All right. Cool.